Good morning. That was really cool. Thank you. Um, made me, our family feel very special. I saw it in Stephanie's and Jonah in particular's eyes. They got called up. They were like, this is it. My worst nightmare coming to, coming to pass. They did a good job. Um, but what, a, what an honor uh, it is to just get to be with you guys and serve with you all. Um, yesterday we had the privilege of going and uh, watching someone get married. I always feel super honored when, we, when you get the invitation. It's one thing to go and perform the ceremony. Um, it's so great to just go and be there too and to just sit in the back and watch and just thinking about the, the things that bring up me a lot of, of honor and um, that's one. Last weekend, um, I want to say thank you to Jay for standing up here and sharing a message on the, yeah, thanks Jay, um, what it is to, uh, to step out in faith and, and uh, how far do you, oh, quick pop quiz, you didn't know you were getting a pop quiz, how far do you have to go to be a missionary, do you remember, just a couple of steps, that was a really, that was really good, uh, so thank you for that. I was in Texas uh, officiating my brother's wedding, and I actually got to be a part of uh, some baptisms last week. So um, that's an honor. It's an honor to be used by God in other people's lives, but uh, it's just an honor to be someone's friend. You know what I mean? When someone calls you their friend, we think like, um, you don't deserve it, you know? It's like an honor when someone calls you their friend or invites you to be part of their life. And so um, just hearing those things, it, it really it means a lot. So thank you, guys. So this Sunday, today, it's going to look a little different, even more different than the cool stuff that's happened so far than what we usually do. If you're new to the bridge, let me be the fourth person to say uh, good morning. And I say let me be the fourth person because it's our hope and desire that you've been introduced. Someone has introduced themselves at least three different times today. Three different people have said hi or welcome. So officially, let me be the fourth person to say hi. Usually what we do is we have a time of, um, a time of you, we call it worship, it's singing. Everything we do is an act of worship, but we... We start with song because there are certain things that songs convey that just thoughts don't. Singing, I'm no longer a slave of fear. I'm a child of God. And trying to like sound good while you do it, it takes effort. It's an act of worship. Um, and then our kiddos are dismissed to go um, to their class. Uh, Bridge Kids, where they're learning uh, about the love of God in the, in the, the back of the house. And... Um, one of my favorite things is when you can hear them through the wall during the service. Just FYI, that never bothers me. When we hear kids being loud, unless I hear someone like, you know, being tossed into a wall, um, then it depends on if they're playing like tag or something. But that never bugs me because that's uh, sounds of life in our building and I love it. And then we come and we open up the Bible. We're starting a new series next week. We're going to call it The Radical Middle. The radical middle um, has nothing to do about 
politics, the radical left, the radical right, but there will be application. It's going to be through the book of Ecclesiastes. So if you are a Bible reader, which I hope you all are, start reading the book of Ecclesiastes this week. And let me give you just a little two-second tip. Don't get depressed. When you read Ecclesiastes, one of two things are going to happen. First thing, you're going to get really bummed out. The second thing is you can get uh, a proper balance and look at life. We're going to try to find the radical middle of life. Not getting pitched by the extremes, but that Jesus has balance for us in the middle. So that's the book of Ecclesiastes starts next week. This week we're doing what we're just calling uh, a Grow Sunday. We have two baptisms we're going to do here in a minute. And we are going to, I just want to talk to you guys briefly about kind of just some real stuff. A little bit of real talk this morning. Coming out of COVID and coming out of, or trying to navigate the current um, cultural landscape in our city, in our community, in our country, and in our world, it's hard. And it's different than it has been. You know, you cannot anymore, we used to be like, how was your Sunday morning? It was really good. There was a bunch of people there. We were like, yes, success. A lot of people heard God's word. Or a lot of people are involved in what's going on. And that was kind of a metric if something was successful, how many people came. And it's something that realistically, we don't use them for metrics anymore. Because it's hard to tell because how many people go to your church anymore. I get asked this question a lot. How many people go to the bridge? And my answer is sort of like, I, I'm, the Bible says pastors, uh, shepherds, take good care of your flock. Know the state of your flock. So it's a responsibility to know who's involved. How are we walking alongside of people? How are we serving people? And, and, but now you ask pastors, how many people go to your church? They're sort of like, I don't know. I can tell you how many people used to go to the church, but I can't. Why? Because we've changed the way we church as a culture. Uh, according to current statistics, 50, about 56% of church-going Christians attend sort of online only. So I could say if everybody who called the bridge their home church, then unless I've been specifically told, hey, we don't go to the bridge anymore, everybody, if you were to say how many people go, we couldn't fill them all in one service. We would need multiple services. But the reality is, is however many show up is how many people we're going to love and serve. But we just, as a culture, we do church different than we used to. Used to, a committed Christian went to church three to four times per month. They, were, they went every week unless something happened. Culture tells us now that a committed Christian or Christian family, a Jesus-following person committed, goes to church once or twice per month. That's why when you go to church, and if you haven't seen someone for like six weeks, it's not uncommon because, say, you go to, and then something happens at work or your kids have a sporting event or something, so you miss a week. And then that happened to be the one week that, some, that you haven't seen. They came, and then they missed. You can go a long time without seeing people. Even if you go every single week, 
weeks and stuff goes by, and it's not that people aren't going, it's just you haven't seen them. But that's just sort of a cultural thing. That's how people church these days. A lot of people online only. Some people have changed where they go to church. So we are, as pastors and leaders, we're always asking hard questions like, is the way we're doing things making a difference? Is this helping people? Is this making a difference? Should we change what we're doing? Should we try another model? So then some people are like, yeah, house churches are the way to go. So then you read books on, on why house churches are better than this type of gathering. And house churches are awesome. But then it's like, that's the, the, so then people pivot and then they do house churches and they realize, wow, this is really good. But it, then they'll ask the hard questions. Oh, is there a better way to do this? What if we collected all these house churches and we had more? We could really make a difference in the community. Maybe what we need to do is get all these house churches together, have a pastor, and then just be really missionally minded. And so they're asking. We're always asking questions like, Lord, is there another way? Is this helping people? So what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about what has always been for us. It's Romans 12, 2. And it says this, ever since the church was birthed, the church had a birthday. It, it started, it started. The Holy Jesus went to heaven. He says, I want you guys to hang out and pray and wait for power of the Holy Spirit. And then, the, and then when they did, the church was born. And we learned some things from the book of Acts and the rest of the Bible. And then we sort of kind of like take and do church based on what, the Bible talks about. There's a lot of different ways to, to do it, but here's what we know. In Romans 12, 2, it says this, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern, um, like figure out, understand, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know what has always been? God wants to do a work and there is opposition to the work. God wants to do something, but there is opposition to what God wants to do. Don't be conformed, be transformed. As you are transformed, here's what you will learn, what God loves, what God wants. So there's, there's an option, there's a choice. And it tells us that no matter what, where you're being formed, you're being formed. You guys know that? People are like, what's your discipleship program? I'm like, I kind of want to be like, well, what is your personal discipleship program? Because you're being formed. Let me ask you this. Where do you take in your most information? Is it a news channel? Is it a Spotify station? Is it a podcast platform? Is it your church community? You are being formed. You're being formed by what you take in. That's the way the world works. That's how we are built. Whatever is your main medium of formation, you are being formed by that. And what we're being told here is don't let that primarily be what the world has. But let it primarily be what Jesus has. Because we don't want to be conformed to something. We want to be transformed by Jesus. What the world looks like, it's easy. B- 
build the world around yourself the way you want it. And if people aren't down with what you want, then cancel them and keep building around. We're so in our world is so individualized. It's so individualized that when you pull out your phone, there's an algorithm perfectly built to keep you on platforms specifically to give you bad news because bad news uh, creates more of a dopamine reaction than good news and it keeps you online longer. So you're, it's specifically based to conform you to the things that you actually don't even like. That's why when you get done scrolling for a long time, you rarely feel better about yourself. You're just more frustrated. Do not be conformed. There's a conforming thing at work. Actually, I found this statistic in, uh, quite interesting. Um, according to, to Pew Research, 56% of Christians, 56, let's be generous and say half. So I look in here and I see however many, 100 people. Oh, by the way, I tell people, I'm like, oh, I think, you know, 100 and something on Sundays, but there's a lot more that I hope to see and I'm praying for and checking in with. And, but did you know uh, the amount of the people that, that if everyone called the bridge their, their house church, we'd be popping every week and the resources to reach our city would be, it would be rad. And I'm, we're pushing toward that, but we're not going to live like, oh, all of you people just need to get you into church. We're just going to serve you where you're at and do the best we can. Um, but 56% of Christians think that their faith is entirely private and actually should not be shared with anyone. Where did 56% of Christians actually start to think that that might be a good idea? It's not from the Bible. The Bible 100% says share your life with the world. It is a gift. You are a trophy of God's grace. Don't flaunt it. Just Share it with people. That's what the Bible teaches. And yet, where did we get to where half of us think that, like, oh, I'm not sharing that. Politics and, and God, those are the two things that I don't talk about. Uh, not according to Jesus. He said, you are the light of the world. And you're, there is salt in you. So you'll see today when, these, when we have people that are going to share their testimony and get baptized, when someone shares their story, it's sort of like, it, it does something and it transforms what's going on because the Lord is saying, yeah, I did that. And someone is sharing, this is what God has done in my life. And it spurs you on to be like, I want more of that. That's what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to be. So we're going to talk about life groups. Life groups is what we do here at the church. Life groups is our response to this scripture that we hear. Finally, brothers, whatever is good, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about, meditate, dwell on those things. Not the bad news, the true news, the goodness. What you have learned, this is, this is a, a pastor speaking, he says, uh, one of the apostles in the Bible, he says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and God will be with you. There is a learning and there is a participating. And then Paul, who wrote this, he wrote to his little brother in the faith, who was the new pastor that he was training. And this is what he told him personally. 
So his personal uh, disciple that he was like training, he said this. He said, Timothy, don't waste time arguing over godless ideas in old wives' tale. Why? Because he knows that there is a conforming pattern that is against what God wants to do, and there is transformation that God wants to do. So here's what he says. Don't fall for all the bad news all the time. Don't even go there with people, all the arguing. He says this. Instead, train yourself. Train yourself to be godly. Then he says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, for it promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. Okay. So we know what always has been. There are two things that are opposed to each other. And then what also is, is we can do something about it. It's called training. Now let me just tell you, I've taken three weeks off of my workout program. Uh, Is anybody else still sore from Thursday? Bro, my butt hurts so bad in my legs. Ben, I love slash hate you. But I took three weeks off, and I didn't just pick up where I left off. Um, or I did with the weights, but not with my fitness. Something happened. I am that was on Thursday, and I'm still sore. Here's the thing: uh, growth is not inevitable. Growth is optional. Atrophy is inevitable. Doing nothing doesn't produce muscle. It produces laziness. It produces um, the opposite of muscle. It produces losing strength when Paul says train yourself okay training is hard training is not easy training is hard it requires commitment and it com- and it requires consistency these are two things that the world tells you you don't need commitment or consistency has anybody in here tried to do something that is really hard for a lengthy period of time we were just seeing I'm no longer a slave to fear. Has anyone in here, and I know the answer is yes, been slave to a pattern in your life that you know is killing you? Yeah. And turning that around, is that easy? People say, oh, just let it go. No, you have to grab on to something with both hands. And what Paul is saying and what Jesus is saying is you let go of that and you grab onto me. It doesn't just happen. By the grace of God, he transform our, transforms us from the inside and we become born spiritually when we give our life to Jesus. But discipleship is hard. And if you aren't committed and consistent, it doesn't happen no matter how long you've been a Christian. That's why we can find ourselves going along and then you find yourself going, man, how did I get here again? We take our foot off the gas. We stop being engaged. It's not a guilt trip. It's just the truth. There's a pattern in Scripture where Jesus would do this. He would teach to a lot of people, and then he would leave with his disciples, and they would do something like this. Okay, now that no one's looking, we don't have to look holy, they'd be like, what did that mean? And he'd be like, seriously? And they'd be like, yeah, I mean, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> friend of mine was like, what was he talking about? And I was like, well, you know, let me go ask him just to make I know what he's talking about, but let me go ask to make sure. 
And then Jesus would teach them a deeper thing. We like that pattern around here. We call that pattern life groups. It's a pattern that we get together on a Sunday and we talk about something in the scripture that is taking a lot of, that has taken a lot of preparation and a lot of hours of study and prayer to present to you. How many times have you done this? Oh, church was good on Sunday, trying to share with someone. And they're like, really? What was it about? And you're like, I don't remember, but man, it was good. Oh, I heard this thing last week and I thought of you. Oh, yeah, what'd you hear? I don't remember what it was, but it was good and I thought of you. That old, that old adage, we remember 10% of what we hear. Uh, then these, this is, you know, people want to say this is true or not true, but it, it, there's truth to it. We remember 10% of what we read, 20% of what we hear, 30% of what we see, 50% of what we see and hear. of what we discuss with others, 80% of what we personally experience, and 95% of what we teach others. There's a difference between hearing, adding something into your life practice, and in turn sharing it with others. You guys, we do these things, we, we call them life groups. It's where we meet during the week and we talk about the things of God that we are learning or being reminded of on Sunday what it looks like in our lives, in our daily lives during the week, and then we're doing it together. Listen, these are two amazingly healthy rhythms. This is commitment, not just to you, to other people. It's saying, I'm not, you may say, I'm not actually going for me. I'm going for them. Not that you have all the answers, but you're committed to your church family. And so you go and you're a part. And as we're talking about the spirit starts like, oh, yeah, I remember this thing outside. This is what I've been thinking about this week. And then someone's like, oh, I've been thinking about that, too. And we're spurring one another on. It's a lot of what house church stuff is able to do. It's tighter knit. We talk about, we pray for. Like how many of you in here know that someone, Ben, was in the hospital for the last 10 days? If you knew that he was like, they were talking about cutting his thumb off. Okay, like 5% of the room. We have a brother right here that went, you know, fishing, like another day fishing. Uh, we hope they all don't turn out like this. But then we get, we get a call. I get a call from Melinda and it was like, hey, can you take Ben to the hospital? Like something's up with his hand. They're trying to figure it out. We get to the hospital. They, seven days later, he's out of the hospital, chunk of his thumb missing, talking about cutting it off because of this bacterial growth that took over. But if you just went to church here once or twice per month, you wouldn't know that there were hundreds of people interceding for Ben and that he was like, we were contending for him at a level that is only like battling darkness. And he's in the hospital and his wife is with them and they're like trying to find people to help take care of Titus. This is like real world things. This is not just a Sunday cool message. I think it was good. Maybe I'll check it out next week. This is life. We're doing life together. We're committed. She's texting, pray for us. People are like, can we bring you food? Can we do this? This is, this is what it is to be walking with someone. And you can't do it when you're walking alone. Spin said, you want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go together. We want to go far. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to have someone from each of our life groups come up and briefly, just so you can see who they are, because we're doing life groups a little bit new this year. There's some new leaders. And I'm like, maybe part of it is, is no one knows. They think they're just going to show up at someone's house, and they're going to be like, what am I going to do? Is this going to be weird? And sometimes there's weirdness when you put yourself out there. So we want to take as much weirdness out of it as we can. We want you to know that, like, we're just people that want to open our homes and we have, and for people to come in, talk about what God's doing in your life, what we learned on Sunday, and get to know each other and be together. So, Caitlin, will you cycle through each of the, um, the different groups? I'm going to go change into my baptism clothes uh, while they do that. And, um, yeah, we'll, I'll be back. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up my Bridge app right here. Plug. And um, you are all invited to do the same thing with me if you'd like. There's two ways to sign up for life groups this week, and next week it will just be through the Bridge app. But right now we also have some sign-up sheets in the back, which you're welcome to go check out after service today. But online, in the life in the Bridge app, there's a life group page that lists all of our weekly life group. And I need to update some pictures, but I'm going to invite you all to come up, please. Nathan and Christy. Nathan, you guys stand right here. Mark and Maddie. Or just Mark, Maddie, you can come too. That'd be great. Um, It's Stephanie, but Melanie is going to be representing the women's group on Wednesday afternoons. Damien. You guys right up next to these guys. I'm putting you in order as you go through the week because I'm, you know, like organized like that. Matt Pika next to Damien and Nate and Connie and Jay and Karen. Awesome. Okay. We have seven life groups that are going to meet throughout the week, and they are each going to tell you a little bit about when they meet. Um, when you sign up, they will be contacting you this next week to let you know a little bit more detail about where they're meeting, unless it's here. Please mention that. And then um, they're also just going to share a little bit about what the tone, what it's like to go to their life group. All right. Awesome. I'm Nathan. Christy. And uh, we live in the Birchwood neighborhood, and our group meets Sunday at 5. five. We start with uh, gathering together and eating at our house or at somebody else's house in the group. And for me, that's been really important as a Christian man to have other Christian friends that we can enjoy Christian friendship around the table with. Like, I love food. Me and my daughter, right, Z? We love food. We love food so much, and it's because um, Jesus loves food, and he loves parties. And so we're trying to model our life group after um, the Christian friendship that we see Jesus have with his disciples. And that is they walk along the road together, they stop and they eat together, um, they party together, then he sends them out to take a risk. And so... um, that risk for our group has been like inviting neighbors to do um, uh, a, a, a service project together and, and even inviting neighbors that aren't part of our church or aren't Christians to do that service project with us. That's, that's risky, you know, or, um, you know, walking in the Birchwood neighborhood with um, friends to minister to the homeless. That's risky. So I just want to say it's, it's like for me being part of a small group is this delightful mix of safety with Christian friendship and fellowship around the table, and then calling one another up into the life of Christ, which has risk. And so we meet Friday, uh, Sundays, 5, 
meal, teens. We all have teens, and the teens stay at the table and, and get involved in the discussion of the scripture and the, and the sermon. So we'd love to have you guys if Sunday night works for you. And, of course, other kids are welcome, and they'll participate with us for a little bit, and then sometimes after we've talked for a little bit together, the kids can go off and play. And I'm Mark, and this is Maddie, and with Uriah and Marissa, we'll be co-leading a group at their house on Thursdays at 6, going till 8. And what I really appreciate about home life groups, I keep forgetting home groups, life groups, cell groups, but anyways, they're all the same. Uh, I really appreciate how when you first move into a community, it's happened several times as I move to different areas, is you first feel like an island, you're trying just to get to know people and trying to find a community, but it always, like, you feel like you found a family when you come into a home group that is the right fit for you with the right people that are in the same age or season of life. It's just a great place to grow and not feel like an island anymore wherever you're living. And so that's how home groups, life groups, have really benefited my life. And so Uriah and I will be co-leading it um, because my schedule is not the same every week because I'm like 24 on, 48 off. So we'll be co-leading. And we're going to be going through Ecclesiastes. I thought it was going to be called something like How to Find Meaning and Purpose in Life, but the Radical Middle is a much cooler uh, (laughs) name. But we're going to be just discussing the sermon, talking about how it relates to our lives, maybe what our personal takeaways we can take from it, and then we'll conclude with, like, how do we pray for each other through this? And then we'll take on whatever series comes after that. And this will be a great group for people who maybe have a work schedule, who want to know that it's going to end before too late so that they we can get a good sleep so they can get to work the next day. So that's our home group, Sweet. life group. <laughs> And I'm Melanie, and I'm representing the women's only group. Um, Stephanie's our leader, and she wants you to know that she's going to be in the back corner after service today, after the kids have been dismissed, and she really wants to meet you and answer any questions you might have. But I'll tell you a little bit about the group. It's all ages, all phases of life. We've had young women, aging hippies like myself, and even people older than me sometimes. (laughs) And it's an amazing time to get together and get to know each other and build relationship. And when I think about the value of this group in my life, it's knowing that I have this group of women that I can text right away if something happens in my life and I need prayer instantly, and they're going to be there and they're going to respond. And that's just an amazing benefit of being part of a group like that. And there will be questions that you can access on the Bridge app. (laughs) and you can look at those questions ahead of time to prepare. The questions are all based on the teaching from Sunday morning, or you can just come in cold turkey. It's okay, and we talk. We share. You'll learn things about yourself and about each other. You'll learn things about God, and you'll feel refreshed and ready to go put God into practice in the rest of your life, so I really encourage you. Women, we'd love to have you show up. It meets from 12.30 to 2 on Wednesdays here at the church. We have set up for that time so that if you have a lunch hour, you're working, and you can come on part of your lunch hour or, you know, for part of the time that we meet, you're welcome to do that. Nursing moms, young kids, you're welcome to be here as well. So hope we see you. 
Hi, I'm uh, Damien, and I will be doing kind of the opposite of Melanie. I'll be hosting a all-guys group. Um, we'll meet here Thursday nights at 6, and it'll go for like an hour and a half. Um, the uh, What I really love about home groups is I... So me and my wife have been coming here for a little under a year now, um, and I didn't really start to get to know anybody, any of these guys up here until I actually started going to home groups. And um, that's when I really started to like learn who people were um, and people started to learn who I was. And so I think that was super valuable because, um, you know, I want to know who you guys are and hopefully you guys want to know who I am, who we are. So, um, yeah, it's important. It's part of uh, being part of a church, and I would highly encourage you guys, if, if this is a place you like coming to, if this is a place you want to be a part of, I I challenge you guys to, you know, join one of us and get part, be a part of a home group. Um, uh, the other thing I really love about home groups, too, is is just it's it really grows and feeds your hunger for Christ. If that is something that is on your heart that you are hungry for or if you just want that to be grown if you want to grow your hunger for who jesus is who god is i highly encourage you to come um yeah so my home group like i said guys only um there'll be some time of intentionality we'll go over kind of the message of um preached the previous sunday but then there'll also be times where we'll just kind of hang out play games do whatever, just do guy things. So, yeah, there'll be uh, coffee and tea and snacks and stuff like that. So, yeah, here, 6 o'clock till 7.30, and hope to see some of you. So, Hey, everybody. My name is Matt. Uh, I've been at the bridge about three years now, and, um, you know, I came in, dipped my, had one foot in the, one foot in the tank, um, but soon thereafter I got saved. And um, one of the biggest things that came away with that was just the idea of fellowship. And I started attending life groups pretty soon after that. And um, that's when things really started to, to blossom. So um, I'm hosting a group on Wednesdays from 6 to 7.30. And I'm over in the York neighborhood, which is, you know, half mile as the crow flies or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to prepare questions Christy has questions, and we can certainly go over those, but what I hope is it'll, it'll be just kind of open. You know, we can, we can take it wherever the Spirit uh, wants to take us. So uh, I'd love to see people I know, people I don't know there. And again, it's a challenge, you know, to go, to go forward and to, uh, to do this as part of the training. So, um, yeah, I have eight or nine people, you know, in my little living room, but if, uh, if we have more than that, then we'll certainly make room, so... Hope to see some of you there. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Nathan. This is my wife, Connie. Um, we're going to be hosting a life group at um, Stephen Heather Swindle's um, home, which thank you, Stephen Heather, for um, hosting this time around. And um, I guess the biggest thing that's been on our heart is, uh, I guess this past year, we've talked a lot about prayer being a big theme in our life, and I'd hope to um, make that a, a central point of our home group, is to um, give space, or life group, sorry, <laughs> give space for 
prayer requests, prayer, know what's going on, what's going on in each other's lives and lift each other up in prayer. Um, and, and I guess uh, kind of like Matt, um, to let the spirit lead, be flexible. We'll have the questions, but um, if there's questions going on, things in your life that we get into a discussion on, that's fine. We don't ha- we're not going to be strict on anything. Um, we want to let the spirit lead us into the conversations that he leads us to and to just be there for the things that are actually going on in each other's lives, be that real community and lift each other up, hopefully grow and challenge each other and, um, and just have a, also a space, I hope for lots of just laughing and good times too, just hanging out, getting to know each other. So that's what we want. Oh yes. And it is on Wednesday, 6.30 PM till 8 PM at the um, uh, Stephen Heather Swindle's home. So. Kids, are welcome. Kids are welcome. Everybody's welcome. It's for everybody. Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Jay and Karen, um, we're going to be meeting here um, on Thursday mornings from 9.30 to 11, and looking forward to just a chill, safe environment. We can come together and talk about life. And the message. What's cool is if we have six, eight, ten people, there'll be ten different perspectives from what we hear on Sunday. And just to work through those and to let the spirit work in our hearts to bring us together and just to let the community in us grow. There'll be coffee because it's going to be morning and some snacks, but just really basic. Lord, what are you saying? and to let him speak. So. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Yeah, give him a hand. <clears throat> I love the, um, like, the, diverse, the diversity in our hosts and leaders. And um, you, you might have picked up on it, but uh, one of the reasons we're having three different groups here is God's doing a really cool work in our downtown community, And we know that there's a bunch of our church family here that either doesn't have a vehicle or the ability to drive or even lives close. So we have three different options here at the building so you can walk. So if any of those, you're like, man, that's cool, or I want to get involved, there's sign-up sheets in the back, and then everyone who is up here, hang out in the back for a little bit in case anyone has questions. Okay, sound good? All right, we're going to keep this party started because we have one more thing that we want to do. And uh, which is really cool. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to invite, who wants to go first? Where's, where's my dudes? Where's Jade? Where's Josh? There's Josh. Where's Jade? All right. Uh, Josh, why don't you go first? So come on up. You guys welcome Josh. I'm going to give Josh the mic. He's going to share what God is doing, why he's choosing to get baptized today. We have two baptisms and um, public declarations of faith that uh, we're all going to cheer these guys on. And, um, but we want to hear why Josh has chosen baptism, and then Jada's going to come up and share. So there you go, buddy. Uh, hello. Hi. Uh, my name is Josh, and I am uh, very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> so is that better? Yeah, all right. I can just yell. Um, first off, I want to, my mom is, uh, FaceTiming right now, and so I'm going to say this real quick. Mom, 
I'm sorry for everything, and I'm sorry for the painful parts of my testimony. Just know that everything that's good about me is your fault, and know that today I am better. <clears throat> I love you. Uh, when it comes to, uh, okay, when it comes to giving life a chance and accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I have wanted to want to for forever, and the hard reality is that I was weak and afraid. I was and still am terrified to give up my hedonistic lifestyle. Do thy will, the core belief of godless people. I lived a reckless, carefree life, and everywhere I went, I left a large swath of devastation and destruction in my wake. <clears throat> I was a drug addict, a thief, a liar, and a cheater. My criminal life started when I was 14 when my dad said to me one night, I know you're going to get into this, and I want you to get the good stuff. And he hands me my first line of meth. Then he left, <laughs> and I rearranged his house that night. Um, I found my true love. I started collecting misdemeanors and felonies like a kid collects Pokemon. I've been to prison four times, and I'm skating on my fifth by the grace of God. Now, I'll tell a little story about how, how I got on this little track here. So I... Uh, I got a, a bogus charge for a, a theft, too, that I'm truly not guilty of, but um, I've got so many felonies that there's no, no chance of them believing me. So I'm doing what I do. I see nothing but prison in the end of the site, so I just start spinning, spiraling down, spiraling down. I'm getting heavier into drugs, and uh, then I get this, I, I'm, I get a stupid uh, trespassing charge while walking my dogs. And district court, because of coronavirus, thank God, didn't take me in. But I knew that when I, in a week, I knew when I got to superior court because I got a new charge while on bail, they were going to definitely take me in, and I was going to prison. That was it. So that whole week, I prepared myself for, for my prison mentality and getting myself worked up for all that and saying bye to people and, and getting things ready. And uh, I just was doing I was shooting as much drugs as I possibly could. So the, day, the time for my, uh, my hearing, um, I didn't know that day that was only <laughs> court for me, but I, uh, I was trying, I, I did not want to go, but I forced myself to do it, and I was trying to do it, take a hit, and it wouldn't hit, wouldn't hit, wouldn't hit. Finally, I was just like, just take me there. I was about 15 minutes late. I had called in and said, hey, I'm late. We're stuck in traffic, which was a lie. But uh, finally, as we're pulling up to the courthouse, I was able to... to get my vein, and, and I, I took the hit and walked up into the courtroom. I'll tell you right now, I've been in a courtroom, in that specific courtroom, hundreds of times, and I've never seen it like it was up there. Um, like I said, it was only for me that day, and I walk in 15 minutes late, the judge is waiting on me, everybody's waiting on me, and the scene, the feeling, I could feel like, I don't know, it was just so weird. Jesus was in the room right there. The Holy Spirit was definitely in there because I walked in, everybody was nonchalant, and I'm just, like, looking around, like, what the hell? And I'm kind of floating from my hit, and I'm like, what the hell? I, get, I go sit down, and they're like, so, uh, long story short, they're like, what about drug court for Brown? And there's no way in hell this was ever a thought in, in a fathomable mind <laughs> for me with that court system. And uh, I, I just still, to this day, I don't, even, I don't even know how it was possible. But they're like, yeah, why not? So... Uh, I'm pretty sure that when I left, the judge and the prosecutor looked at each other and like, what the hell just happened, you know, because um, it, was, it was insane. But I walked out of there on drug court, and the next two years were, as I'll explain here, but that was, uh, that was my, the start to this tr 
uh, trek, I guess. Um, I've told you that story because it started a course of events that wouldn't have happened had I gone to prison. The next two years were not fun, to say the least. Living the life I thought I wanted, the life of an outlaw, and meanwhile presenting myself to others as someone who was trying to be sober. One law of nature is that in a closed system, there's always a loss, entropy. My skillful manipulation of the system was only going to get me so far, and when my back was against the wall, I threw a Hail Mary, no pun intended, and ended up in Bellingham, where I found the bridge. I have no doubt I was led here by divine guidance. When I look back at the walk of my life, I can't help but be amazed at how strong Jesus' back must be, because I can't remember the last time my feet hit the sand. I want to read uh, the parable of the lost sheep. Now, uh, this is Luke 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. When he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents over 99 righteous persons who do not repent or who do not need to repent. Um, and I'll end off with uh, 1 Samuel 16, 7. And this one, I think, is uh, extremely important to me. And it's, I think, saved my life more than, sorry, more than uh, any, uh, anything else as far as words. Uh, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, and that's self-explanatory. He, he knows what, what we're about, what's in us, and uh, that's why I'm here today. Thanks for sharing that. Jade, why don't you come up? Okay, grab a seat. Here, take your stuff. That was awesome, dude. Thank you for sharing. Oh, wow. All right, I'm Jade. Um, I get kind of emotional, so. Um, I guess the reason I'm here is because I was a broken person. Um, about two, two and a half years ago, I was in jail, and um, I remember getting in the shower in the metal box lukewarm water and um hearing all the people out there and asking you know god why why am i here again and i distinctly remember god telling me well this is a gift i'm giving you it's a gift of um restarting your life he took me out of a situation I, there was no way i was going to take myself out of um i hated society i hated my life um i wasn't being the father i should have been um and so um I decided to turn my life to God, but um, I didn't get baptized right away because I wanted to, I didn't want to make any false promises to God. Um, so today I'm here basically um, to give my show devotion to God that I'm ready to take that final step to be um, part of the body of Christ. Um, I've got mentors here now. Um, God led me to a house that I'm at, um, which is an awesome house. I mean, it's a faith-based house. Um, I'm still a drug addict. I'm never going to not be a drug addict, so I'm always going to have to look up to God. Um, 
Today, I start my life every day with the Bible. Um, I still start my day every day with depressions and anxieties, but um, I believe God has left them there so that um, every day I, I turn to him. Amen. You know, so, um, sorry. I have beautiful kids that have let me back in their lives now. You know, it's been a struggle. I have beautiful friends. Um, I have tons of family that look up to me now instead of looking down on me. And, um, yeah, I'm just thankful that God has given me the um, second chance of life. Um, yeah. And uh, thank you, J.J., you are one of my mentors. And personally, thank you, Lance. Lance has been a, a great mentor. His houses are awesome. I mean, without those houses, um, God led me. It's a really amazing story how I got to the house. Um, but there's not enough time here to tell you guys that. Um, but, yeah, I'm just ready to... Um, I wanted... The reason it took me two years to be baptized is I wanted to study the Word. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to make any false promises to God. Because um, even though I wasn't devoted to God, I knew that God was um, a person you really didn't want to mess with, basically. You know, So I wanted to make sure I, I had the right the right reasons for doing it, but today I'm, I'm more than ready, more than willing. That's awesome. <clears throat> That's what leadership looks like. Just in case you were wondering, a humble spirit, someone who knows their plight apart from the love of God, the power of God, and the grace of God. That's what a, that's what a Christian man looks like to me, to Jesus. And uh, I feel the same way. I'm with you. I'm proud of both of you guys. So we're going to get in the pool and dunk these two guys. And, um, but we wanted them to share uh, why they're making this decision. And um, I just want to say to all of you that... Um, have found it in your, your heart and in your to open yourselves back up um, to someone that they know. We, we've hurt people. This is my story, too, by the way. It's similar. We've hurt people. And for someone to show you grace and let you back in, um, uh, it, it does more transformation in someone's life where someone will believe in you again. And uh, so I just want to say thank you for doing it. And uh, thank you guys for putting yourselves out there, for, for sharing what God is doing. It means more than you know, I promise. And today you gave people strength to know that there's a, maybe God gave them a hardship as a gift. Or um, where they're at is not by chance, but God would use it. And um, you're never broken beyond repair, and only God can save this. I will give you back and then some all that time you lost. Time is the only currency that we can't gain back on our own, but God can. And um, so we're going to get in. We're going to baptize these guys, and then you guys are going to freaking cheer. Let's go. <laughs> See how long I hold you down there for. <laughs> okay, I want to pray, pray over you, okay? So, Father, I thank you for Josh.
Uh, I thank you for the 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 openness um, from him to share to us what you what you have done, um, what you are doing, and uh, by faith what you are going to do. Bro, your best days are not behind you. Your struggles are not over, but there is new strength in you. Um, God, when God looks at you, he sees a strong man that he wants others to see, this is what it looks like to be my son. This is what it looks like to be a man of God. And so when I ask you, this question, Josh, do you believe that, uh, do you place your faith in the person and the work of Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. Do you promise to the best of your ability to honor God and follow him from this day forward? Yes. <laughs> well, because of your declaration of faith, it's my honor and my privilege, along with your friends and family here, to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, um, you and me had a conversation right outside those front doors, and uh, I think about all that stuff I was sharing earlier about church. Does it make a difference? Is what we're doing helping anybody? How many people go here? How many people used to go here? All those things. The Lord told me not too long ago, he said, don't worry about that. He says, look at what I'm doing in Jade's life. That's what he told me. And so I thank you for being who you are because you've encouraged me to not get swayed by stuff I can't control or by trying to be something that I think people want out of a pastor or a church, but to just be who we are, to serve Jesus and keep opening those doors, keep believing and not confirmate, uh, being conformed to the world, but that Jesus can transform people. So thank you. Thank God. Yeah. You keep going, and I promise we're going to be here with you every step of the way. Um, yeah, man. So, Jade, have you given your control of your life and surrendered to Jesus. Without a doubt. Do you believe when Jesus died on the cross, he covered all of your past, present, and future sin? Yes, I do. Do you know that you are living in the kingdom of God and you will be in the kingdom of God from this day forward? Yes. Well, because of your declaration of faith is my deepest honor along with your 
friends and family and church family to baptize you in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Now, marriage and uh, uh, weddings and baptisms are the two things that I tell the person getting baptized and the people getting married. Oh, by the way, um, you're doing this for you, but this will speak almost more to others sometimes. There are always people at weddings that are trying to think about if they should get divorced or not. And then they go to weddings and they're like, oh, yeah, I remember. There are people that have maybe been walking with Jesus for a while or then they watch someone like this. You're just like, that's what I want too. So if, that, if God is speaking to you this morning and you haven't been baptized or you're just thinking about it or you want to rededicate your life or you need prayer, listen, I want you to come up and talk to me or our prayer team after church. And um, we want to pray for you today. If you have fallen on hard times or to patterns that are not healthy, if you've been walking your road by yourself for too long and it's time for you to come back home, it's time for you to get involved and share your life with others and not just keep it to yourself, then we want to pray for you today. Don't let what happened today go away when you walk out the doors. Just let it, let it be. Let it sink in. So we love you. What a special Sunday this has been. And I guess we get to eat lunch now. So hallelujah for that. So we love you guys. We're going to sing. Can we stand and sing this last song together? And then we'll dismiss.
Sing great.
too scared to move and walk out of this tomb Buried underneath the lies that you believed Safe and sound, stuck in the ground, too lost to be found You're just asleep And it's time to leave Come on and rise up, take a breath, you're alive now Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us Out from the grave like Lazarus can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry When my fears like Jericho Build the walls around 